You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Hello, welcome to today's episode. It is so good to have you here with me today. I've got a fabulous episode uh, for you and it's just great to be in your company. I hope you're doing well and you're having a wonderful day. Your day's just about to get so much better with today's episode because I got to sit down with the amazing Molly Tolsky, who's the founder and editor of the Jewish Culture site and awesome Instagram account, by the way. Follow it if you're not really following. Hey, Alma. And she's also the editor of the Jewish parenting site, Gvela. She's just got her finger on the pulse of Jewish millennial culture. And she's just an inspiration. I wanted her to invite her on the podcast to learn how she built this incredible platform, this community, a little bit about her background. I wanted to get to know the real Molly. And I think we got there. In terms of what you'll get out of the episode, I think you're going to find out how important showcasing diverse Jewish voices is and what you can do to help that cause as well. You'll find out the joy of being Jewish as a millennial. This this episode is specifically for you if you are of that generation, shall we say. And it's just a great fun time. We talk a lot about Molly's life growing up. She had an incredible music themed Molly Palooza but Mitzvah. How fabulous is that? She even had a choreographed dance to Welcome to Miami Will Smith. And yes, we've got a link to her Bat Mitzvah photo in the show notes. So let's get on, let's dive in and get ready to have a fabulous 40 minutes with me and Molly. Here we go. So welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited. I'm joined by Molly Tolsky, who I'm sure you all know is the founder and editor of Alma and also Gvela, two really, really brilliant Jewish culture sites. One's more focused on parenting and one Jewish culture in general. And we, we're at Your Jewish Life, we're obsessed with your Instagram accounts <laughs> as well as the sites. Like it's just it really hits the target and uh, I can't wait to talk to you more about how those developed and the reaction you've had over the years. And I know you've, you've pivoted a bit as well with each site. So, so we'll get into that. But first, I want to talk to you about your Jewish life, for instance, growing up, how did Judaism play a role in your life? And do you think it led you to, to where you are today in a way? Sure. Um, well, first of all, just thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago with a pretty big Jewish population. And so for me, Judaism sort of felt like the norm. (laughs) Um, Like I I didn't realize we were sort of like a minority group until I left for college. And, you know, I I would say I grew up in a not super religious family, but definitely a, a, a cultural Jewish family. And we did belong to a conservative synagogue. I went to Hebrew school, I had a bat mitzvah, and I went to Jewish overnight camp, the kind of a very one brand of typical American Jewish upbringing. Yeah. But, you know, didn't didn't keep kosher, didn't observe Shabbat, um, 
but celebrated the holidays. My mom was typically always hosting, you know, Passover and the high holidays. And yeah, I, I, I would say also just like most of my friends were Jewish, largely because I met them either at summer camp or in Hebrew school or just like in my public school that I went to that just had a big Jewish population. So it was definitely, I guess, infused in my life in a way that I didn't really realize <laughs> how much until I sort of left that environment. It all sounds wonderfully cozy. <laughs> yeah, I have no complaints. It was very, it was very nice. Um, yeah. yeah, just lots of family around and friends who all kind of felt like family and who had very similar backgrounds. And yeah, it was, it, it was nice. I enjoyed Hebrew school as kind of like a school nerd. Like I liked going to school. I would like ask for extra homework with that kind of person. <laughs> so like, I, I mean, like there are definitely years where I might've complained about going, but for the most part, I like enjoyed the learning aspect and enjoyed, um, yeah. So culture. was it, were, were there any sort of, obviously your neighborhood was Jewish and you had plenty of Jewish friends. Did you sort of get a bit of a shock at some point in your life in this sort of inverted commas real world where you suddenly realized, oh, you know, I mean, you must have done, but when, when was that point? Yeah. I mean, I really feel like it, I, um, I went to the University of Michigan for two years after high school. Um, eventually I transferred. I remember getting there and my roommate, my freshman year was from a super small town in Michigan. And she was like, oh, I don't think I've ever actually met a Jewish person before. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I had probably never met somebody like her before who had not met a Jewish yes, person before. Yeah. And I, yeah, so I do feel like going to college, even though like, I mean, Michigan has plenty of Jewish students. So it wasn't like I was like the only one around, but I think that was the first time, like I said, I realized like, oh, right. Like we're a minority. There's not that many of us. Um, not everybody has grown up around so many Jewish people. But it wasn't like a negative experience. My roommate was super interested in learning about everything. And like, I didn't, yeah, it never felt like a othering kind of experience. It was more just like a realization of like how I grew up is not necessarily the norm for a lot of Jewish people and just people in, in general. And once you were at, uh, at Michigan and you weren't necessarily having all the traditions from home that, you know, I, I remember in childhood, whatever I did during the day, I'd come home to a Jewish home and you, you know, that stuff you take for granted, you don't have to do it. Did you, did you lean into it yourself in your own way once you left that sort of cozy Jewish hub or yeah. did you just sort of take time out and just sort of it, it rediscover yeah. your own way of doing things? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really do much to be honest in college. I remember, you know, so like, like I said, I transferred from Michigan and part of my issue there was I had a really hard time making friends, just like finding my people. It was difficult. And I remember my mom telling me at some point freshman year, like, why don't you go to like a Hillel meeting? Like maybe meeting other Jews will help. And I did, I did go to like one, like kind of casual, I think it was maybe like a Shabbat, like pizza night. And I just like, even there, I just like, didn't really click with anyone. And I was like, that this just isn't speaking to me at this time. So I really didn't yeah, I did not lean in. I didn't really do anything. Jewish. It's funny, isn't it? It's not like, oh, here's a Jewish pizza night. It is. It's a funny one, isn't it? I rem I felt exactly the same at some university things. I hate to say it, but it almost repelled me. Some of those things. It was like, no, yeah. this isn't me. I think also, like, I mean, Michigan has a really big Greek scene, and there were like a lot of Jewish like sororities. And you know, I had one close friend who went to Michigan who wound up joining a Jewish sorority, and like, so she met people through there. But I had zero interest. And joining a sorority like that just also was really not speaking to me so I feel like yeah that it was just more like I'm just not finding 
my people here Jewish or not, like it's not making Absolutely. a difference. And, and again, because the religious aspect of Judaism didn't really speak to me. So I wasn't like going to services or anything. And, and totally. Totally. so, yeah, I really, I would say um, throughout college, Judaism wasn't really a huge part of my life beyond like if I got the chance to go home for for Passover or the high holidays I would do that and again be with my family but more of like yeah just to be with my family and then moving on from Michigan did you what happened at the next stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I wound up I transferred to Columbia College Chicago so back in Chicago back near my family and I mean I was very happy there and that's really where I discovered I've always loved writing and always wanted to be a writer, but at Columbia College, I did their fiction writing program and I really fell in love with fiction writing. And I would say that's where like my life really started to zoom in on on writing as my thing more than anything Mm. else. And writing became my community. I found like a great group of of writer friends through, through college and through just the Chicago literary scene. And I'd say that is like really what first, I mean, eventually led to my career because I, I really wound up in the Jewish world less because of the Jewish aspect and more because of the writing aspects, mm, which I can, I yeah. can talk about later. But yeah, so I kind of dived into the writing world and I was, I graduated from Columbia and then, you know, I, I graduated in 2008, which is a really great time to, to graduate when the economy collapses and <laughs> no jobs. So, uh, you know, I like wanted to find a job, but I couldn't. I was working part-time at a Barnes and Noble after school, after college, and eventually wound up moving to New York to go to graduate school to get an mm. MFA in fiction writing. So further, wow. further going in deeper to the, to the fiction, the ever lucrative fiction writing. <laughs> and how did you find New York because you know I mean I can only speak as you know based in London whenever I've been to New York it's like it's so Jewish I love that you know on the buzzers there's all these Jewish surnames like you're just never going to feel like that in the United Kingdom ever how did it feel for you um, moving relocating to New York I mean I think I moved to the least Jewish (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I went to Sarah Lawrence College which is in Westchester County in Bronxville New York so I moved to Bronxville New York one thing to know about Bronxville, New York, is that up until like the 60s, possibly 70s, they had what's known as a gentleman's agreement. That was like a unwritten law that Jews couldn't live there. Um, really? So like that's the background of this oh, very, gosh. very like waspy kind of wow. town. Sarah Lawrence is like the opposite of Bronxville. It's incredibly liberal and there are Jews there. There are tons of queer people there. It's very it's a weird place for it to be. (laughs) So yeah. So when I first got to New York and in Westchester, it wasn't like I was suddenly in this like Jewish Mm. world though. I do remember, I mean, I feel like the biggest difference for me between like being growing up near Chicago and then living near New York is that I would like go into, into Brooklyn. I would be going to like writing events and like, it would be right up against Hasidic Williamsburg. And I had never I had never really seen like Hasidic Jews before. Like oh, really? I grew up with secular, you know, like cultural Jews like me. Yes. So like, that was like, wow, like I, I just, yeah, I, I felt like that was like entering a different world. And it was like very cool to see like, like obviously like I, I share the same religion with this group of people, but like feel like we're from completely different worlds. So that was very fascinating. Yeah, it sounds like you had this, you know, wonderfully, like I say, in my eyes sort of lovely Jewish cozy childhood you never felt you know it was just a wonderful part of life but then moving away to these three different places you're telling me about 
did you find your identity coming back to your things you particularly wanted to lean into or keep you know now that you weren't living at home in the cozy home like what parts of Judaism was it just good bagels in New York or like what was it (laughs) that 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 you wanted to hold on to at that stage or was it not (laughs) yeah I mean I did enjoy the bagels I still enjoy the bagels um yeah I mean I think it did kind of slowly happen and it also kind of happened because while while I was in grad school is when I first got an, an internship at a soon to be launched Jewish parenting website. Oh, right. So it was straight um, after school. Yeah. So wow. um so I was still, yeah, I was still in school and I was interning for what was gonna become Feller. It was like the summer before it launched. And I, I feel like I wound up there like accidentally or like it, it it didn't feel like a planned move to like enter this Jewish space, but I, you know, I was what was the ad? Like, how did it yeah. find you? <laughs> um, my roommate at the time, who was a fellow grad student, like we were both looking for jobs or internships for that summer between our, our two years. And I remember like at one point she was at home on her computer and I overheard her say like, oh man, I wish I was Jewish. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she had found this listing for a editorial, a paid editorial internship for a Jewish parenting website that like you know just sounded like a, a good opportunity and I was like oh like I I am Jewish I yeah. I, I qualify I mean the ad didn't say you had to be Jewish but you had to be like familiar with Jewish customs and rituals and I was like oh like I fit the bill it's paid that's great <laughs> um that was and I name. love that you weren't put off by like parenting stuff like I can do it sure I'll write about, yeah, it. I'll write about like, that <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing it was like it's not like I like read that I was like oh this is the perfect job for me like <laughs> you know I was 23 so like yeah I wasn't you know considering becoming a parent for a while but again it was paid um and that, that was important to me and um but I love yeah. that attitude because so much so many of us at that age entering into the real world have that imposter syndrome of oh but I couldn't do it I'm not a parent I'm not interested in diapers and things like this you know and I love that you just yeah and this is what opened it all up yeah I know I'm so glad I yeah yeah it's a great life lesson I love that that. so yeah so I wound up interning for Feller that summer and then throughout my second year of grad school I worked there part-time I really like clicked with my boss who's still my boss uh, over a decade later uh, Debbie Colvin who's now the editorial director of 70 Faces Media that runs Feller and Hey Alma but yeah I I surprisingly liked it I didn't I didn't think I thought like it would be a summer thing and I'd move on and I really enjoyed it I enjoyed working with writers who were sharing like very personal stories and even though like I you know personally wasn't relating to them on like a parenting level just like on a writing level on a on just like a personal like yeah, on a personal level, I was just like moved by people's willingness to kind of put out these very vulnerable stories out into the world. And it was fun to learn just about like how online publications worked. And I think Mm. more than anything too, it was just like, I saw this online community forming and I had never really been a part of an online community before. And it was just very cool. Like I saw people making friends over the internet and like sometimes they would meet up in real life and be like real friends and sometimes they would just remain friends online and yeah and I'm guessing at that point that was before sort of you know so often now is it websites supporting the Instagram account or is it the Instagram account supporting the website you know and I guess what was nice at that point was it wasn't about Instagram it was about the content yeah and yeah you were you were creating something so does that mean that it was niche enough that it was just Jewish parenting the fact was it like 
there were tons of parenting websites, but there were no Jewish parenting? Or did it kind of micro niche beyond, was it specific types of Jewish parents, the content yeah. you were creating? I mean, the real impetus for the site was that like, it was kind of the boom of, of parenting websites. So this, it launched in um, 2010. So yeah, it was like, yeah, ahead very, of its time. Scary mommy. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, all, all of these um, parenting sites were like really, really booming the concept, which is, I, I hate this term, but like the concept of mommy blogging was like, oh, yeah. Honest parenting. A, a thing. <laughs> yeah. But there, but there were no Jewish ones. And I know Debbie was the founder, who I mentioned, um, is the founder of Feller. And like she had just had her first baby and felt like she couldn't really relate to a lot of the other parenting websites and yeah wanted to kind of form form one that like would just more speak to her and her friends and and people like her and so the idea was Jewish parenting and you know and however you want to define that however however Jewish you feel or however big of a part of your life it is I mean definitely probably you know geared more towards like slightly less religious like it wasn't necessarily speaking to like an orthodox Jewish audience who kind of already have that built-in community but more like Jewish parents who who yeah who don't really have a Jewish community who might not belong to a synagogue or who might not know where to find fellow Jewish parents but who like kind of crave that connection especially during that that. time of like becoming parents Um, I can imagine it really took off because it was needed I guess yeah definitely yeah it was it truly filled a gap and um yeah that was also just very cool to watch it take off and to see it from start from nothing to yeah become this like full-fledged community we'll take a break shortly and we'll come back and hear about your bat mitzvah and alma okay we'll be right back (laughs) just want to take a moment to invite you over to my place that's my jewish community smashing life a place for everyone jewish or jewish to feel welcome It's a non-judgmental Jewish community that nourishes and empowers you and gives you everything you need to feel Jewish at heart and supercharged in life. Hosted by me, Karen Cinnamon. I'm going to hand over to one of our members, Jeanette, uh, so you can hear what she has to say about Smashing Life. I love all the perks of being in Smashing Life, from the masterclasses to the resources to the discounts to the opportunity to crowdsource in the Facebook group. It all provides so many great benefits. We also have forums, recipes, book clubs, craft clubs, modern Jewish life experts, Zoom Kabbalah Shabbats, monthly expert masterclasses, social events, online and real life, discounts, gifts, and I could go on and on. It really is the place for every Jewish woman. It is super inclusive, super warm, um, and I invite you to come and join us and connect with me and hundreds of other like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. You'll find a beautiful community local to you and you'll also create new Jewish friends all over the world to share Jewish culture and joy with and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. So head on over to smashinglife.club and come join us. So I'm here with Molly Tolsky, founder and editor of Alma and Kvela, and we are talking all things Jewish culture and so much more. But I want to hear about your bat mitzvah story. Molly, tell us. Yes, I would love to tell you <laughs> about my bat mitzvah. Let me set the scene. Okay. It's 1999. My bat mitzvah has a name, like the event has a name, and it is 
Molly Palooza. Um, oh, nice. I, you know, at this point in my life, I didn't even really know what Lollapalooza was, like, which is a big music festival in Chicago, but my parents were like, oh, this is good, Lollapalooza. Um, I was like, okay. Um, so my theme was music. So every table was named after a different, uh, one of my favorite artists. I realized this is so, I just realized I like totally skipped over like the actual service part. Like, I, Oh I, no, I let's start with the creative details. Okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I wanna, you know, the, the, that part is the important part, but the, the party is a little bit yeah. more memorable anyways. So yeah, tables were named after my favorite musical artists. So there was like, I don't know, in sync and like nice. Spears, and yeah. I think like my parents sat at like the Beatles table because they were older. Yeah. Um, good taste for music. <laughs> then this is, my my favorite artist at the time my head table was will smith which <laughs> lots to say I, about I, that I, I, I can point out this interview is being recorded like days after the oscars so yes yes kindly <laughs> but i just i yeah i was really into his album the millennium and i at one point during the party actually performed a dance the you know i had like a dj with like you know, the, the dancers that come with the DJ to pump up the crowd and me and the DJ dancers performed a dance to welcome to Miami. Oh um, my goodness. Is there a video circulating somewhere that we can is. link to in the show notes? Yeah. Yeah. I will be asking you for that link. We need to see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's still like the only dance moves I have. Like I whip out these same dance moves everywhere I go. Cause it's just really, really good. Oh wow. This is build up. All right. But, check the, check yeah. the show note links. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, I don't know. I, it was a very over the top bat mitzvah. There was like, I had a, a dip and dots station, dip and dots as in the ice cream of the future. I don't know if you have <laughs> futuristic ice cream. Like, what with like um, vapors and I don't know what they're no like dip. How do I describe dip and dots? They're like tiny little, like freeze dried ice cream pebbles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, they just yeah you get like oh. a, cup, a cup of these like very cold pebbles that like yeah. kind of melt melt in your mouth oh, maybe I need uh, to bring those to the United <laughs> Kingdom I don't think it exists here <laughs> I, yeah it was it was all the rage in like yeah. I guess the late 90s and wow. so there was a lot of thought gone into this film about mitzvah it, it's, it's there really... was yeah a lot of planning it was yeah. it was big I mean the area where I grew up bar and bat mitzvahs were a, a big deal mm. like the over-the-top party the huge centerpieces the the dj the giant like but were you like table. aware of all that stuff i mean because you know obviously in adulthood we comparisonitis and we want to do something different but were you just like mm-hmm. i'm just having the best time i love it all and this is me <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny because like i was an incredibly shy kid like very very shy except i i was always kind of a performer like i felt comfortable performing i was like a competitive figure skater growing up you were and, that's yeah. a fun fact wow yeah um <laughs> so yeah like i had been used to like performing my whole life so like even though i was really shy in school and like in one on one with with people i could get in front of a crowd and dance to welcome to miami and like i was fine being in the spotlight of this huge ordeal but then yes. when it came time to like slow dancing with a boy I was like uh. terrified <laughs> like, awful. and like so yeah it was, like a, it was a weird mix of feeling this huge party is for me and that's awesome but also I feel like incredibly insecure <laughs> like yeah. I, I um, yeah a lot yeah. of feelings well so, that yeah. sounds like but mitzvah for age exactly. yeah that's yeah we're but it sounds like a party I wish time. I'd been invited to I tell you that much <laughs> 
Yeah. So should we uh, fast forward to the 2010, 2011? Yeah. You, what were we talking about before the break? How did interning for Cabela become your yeah. baby Alma? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So like long story short, like with Feller, I, you know, after I graduated from Sarah Lawrence, I was offered a full-time job there as an editorial assistant. And then I became an associate editor. And then eventually I think in 2015, I became the editor of Feller, mm. which like Speaking, <laughs> speaking of imposter syndrome, like yes. editing, being the editor of a parenting website wow. when you're not a parent, I definitely felt a lot of that, but I had also been kind of doing it for a while and was familiar with the content and I learned a lot. So I was editing Feller for a few years and I think like I loved everything about it, except for the fact that like, I just couldn't personally relate mm. to, to the, the actual topic at hand. And I think that's when kind of my brain started turning and I was like, what if there was some version of Feller that I could relate to? You know, Debbie and I had been sort of over the years, like very casually talking about like, what if we started a, a new site for younger people and what would that look like? But it was just kind of this like idea mm. floating around mm. out there. And then I remember like a distinct, like I, I think it was during maybe like one of my mid-year reviews talking about the job and how I was feeling. And I kind of broke down in tears and I, I just felt like I, I felt stuck um, mm. in the position, in my life, like the, in my personal life, like there was a lot going on where I just felt like I need a change. I, I loved the company and I loved my coworkers and I loved what I was doing. So I didn't want necessarily to leave and do something completely different. So Debbie really encouraged me. She's like, you should like really think about what this new site could be for younger people put a proposal together let's let's try to make it happen and just like debbie wanted to start cabela because at the time she felt excluded from the mainstream parenting industry did you feel somewhat excluded as a young jewish woman from pop culture or anything like that was yeah. it a sense of feeling excluded or that something was missing or did you think genuinely it would be a good business concept yeah. like what was the feeling for yeah. you, apart from oh i'd like to do it on a personal right level? I don't know if I necessarily felt excluded, like sort of similarly, I feel like this was now the boom of like the women's websites, mm, like Jezebel mm. and The Cut and Refinery29 um, and Bustle. Yes, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like, oh, like I cannot read those because I'm a Jewish woman and I don't relate, but it, it was kind of like, none of them are totally speaking to my sensibility. And, and, and it did feel like, and there is nothing really out there, I mean, it's, it's shifted a lot since we launched, but Alma really was when I originally thought of it was like for Jewish millennial women. Like it was specifically going to be like mm. a women's site. And um, I felt like that just didn't really exist for that age demographic. And so, and, you know, I, I started very simply by like polling my friends and like, would like, do, what do you read? Would you read something like this? Like what kind of things would you want us to like talk about? And like, there just seemed to be a general interest and like yeah oh that would be cool to have something that like is talking yeah. about our lives at that time which is like relationships dating career like figuring yourself out you must have been so excited like it sounds like a dream I was it adventure was, to cre yeah. create to birth such a thing and it was needed and you were right you were the ideal you yeah know, it, yeah it, it was super exciting to like just kind of dive into like in writing classes you always hear like write the book that you want to read. And I feel mm. like it was very much create the website that you want to read. And 
I think it was really fun to just, yeah, to start talking with other people in this demographic and kind of get the sense that there was an excitement for something like this. Did you have parameters in place that you had to sort of stick to any criteria? Did you feel any sense of pressure that it had to achieve a certain amount of hits or like anything like that? Or was it genuinely a creative project in a way? I mean, the only pressure, I guess, was like we had to fund it somehow. Like we had Mm -hmm. to fundraise for it. 70 Faces Media is a nonprofit. So like anything we do, we're, we're fundraising for. So that was like my first real task, put together a proposal that will get us money mm-hmm. to, to do this. And luckily, you know, we got our original, like a planning grant from the UJA Federation of New York and the timing worked out really well because they, at that time, they had just done like a huge study on like millennial Jews and what they, what they want and what they're not getting out of whatever, like the current Jewish offerings were. And they had found you know, the main focus at the time, as far as like engaging Jews of that age were things like birthright, where they're being taken out of their lives, you know, thrown into Israel for 10 days and then thrown right back. And so they found like what was really missing was like something that, that speaks to them more on an, yeah, an everyday level of like, how does Judaism, Jewish culture, a part of your everyday life and not something that's separate from what you're doing, but a part of it. So I was like, that's all like, that's what we want to do. We want it to be something that you can just, yeah, read every day incorporated into your everyday life, be on social media where you're already spending all your time. So yeah, we got our first grant from them, which was incredibly exciting. And then we could like really kind of just run with it. And I, I I do feel lucky that there weren't a ton of, of parameters. I mean, we would set goals for ourselves and, and things like that, but it was really, let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes and experiment. And, and it went much better than I could have ever imagined. Really, Like it really. And I think I I remember I first heard about it through, do you know, Emily, who's my, one of my colleagues at at Your Jewish Life and Smashing the Glass, she, I can't remember, were we researching for our brides club? I can't remember what we're doing, but she told me about it because I was trying to find those kind of vibes as well. Yeah. And she said, oh, there's this new thing. It's Alma. I think you had a newsletter right from the get go. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And I think she told me about that. And I was like, yes, this is such a fresh voice. It felt so fresh. Yeah. Why do you think so much of Jewish culture is kind of stuck in the sort of synagogue newsletter style? Yeah. Muzzle tov, you, you know, it's all very staid. Yeah. And, and, yeah. why and I know there's more and more with the sort of social media. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, you're such a fresh voice. I mean, I think for voice. so long, like the people, like there was, I mean, I feel like, you know, there has been so much like hand wringing in like the organized Jewish world about like, how do we reach the youth? And like the kids don't care (laughs) anymore. And like, (laughs) and like, they're not, they're not being Jewish enough anymore. Like, what are we going to do? And it was a lot of older generations trying to create things for young Jews, but they don't really know what speaks to young Jews because they're not in that demographic. So I think the fact that I was a 20 something Jewish woman creating this. It was like, I know what speaks to us because I am one of us. And like, I think um, that is what really set us apart is that it wasn't like a top down, like the older guards trying to reach the new generation, but just like a, if you give us the freedom and the, the funds to do it like this, we can create something for ourselves. And so you got started at the time, was it just a website or did you get started with social media, with Instagram as well? I actually did social media first with Alma. Oh, you with did? Alma. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, before, I mean, I always knew it was going to be a website, but before the website launched, I started an Instagram account and a Facebook and Twitter account, but was really focused on Instagram. I knew that like Instagram was kind of where we were going to mostly be reaching this 
demographic and yeah I you know I would just share like we didn't have our own content yet I was just sharing things from around around the web that I found or on other you know other accounts that just like sort of spoke to me or like yeah Yeah. jokes and like cool illustrations and things like that just to sort of like start building up an audience before we launched the website yeah um and and so yeah I think I those I think the social media started maybe a couple of months before before the site and then the site launched um in June of 2017 so we're coming up on our five-year birthday which is wild and then and yeah I started I mean you know we didn't we weren't publishing a ton of content in the beginning I was relying on a lot of friends I knew who were you know Jewish writers to to contribute and I just sort of like pulled all my my resources and my connections together and was just I was writing a lot for it and yeah just but I was mostly just trying to focus on like building up the community finding the mm. the right people who I felt like would want to be a part of this kind and of how, I guess Instagram played a big part in that right yeah yeah Instagram was huge um and like yeah I think it just you know there's no like secret sauce to like suddenly you're a huge account it was definitely gradual over time you know we would have maybe an article that did well that like kind of started making the rounds and would get in front of other people who hadn't heard of us you know it also really helped because Alma was launched as part of 70 Faces Media we had the other 70 Faces Media brands to share our content and share just our existence with their audiences so you know including Feller and JTA the Jewish Telegraphic Agency and My Jewish Learning um, and the Nosher so we had these like already established brands that could kind of help support us which definitely helped Um, But yeah, really, I feel like, you know, what works on Instagram is like, even you you post a funny meme or a joke or something and like people will tag their friends in the comments like, oh, like this is so us or like we were just talking about this and like, that's always my favorite thing to see because it's like that's exactly what I wanted to be doing was like speaking to people and like feeling like, like having them feel like, oh, like this represents us. This is like what we talk about and joke about. So and why is that so important to you personally, that sense of people like feeling like they're coming home or like, oh, this is me or, oh, you know, that. Yeah. What, what, what does that do for you? Why is that your favorite thing? <laughs> um, I mean, I think I feel like the, like this term gets thrown a lot, like feeling seen. Yeah. You know, this movie made me feel seen. This book made me feel seen. And I think it is a really important thing for anyone to feel like other people have experienced what they've gone through other people you know understand the whether it's a challenge or a really funny thing that happened to you or whatever it is and I think that so many like when we talk about like representation and pop culture in the news and media like that's what people are craving is just like this feeling of like I'm not alone and there are other people out there like me or there are other people not like me at all but that I could also you know, relate to or learn from on some level. And I think that's been a surprising part for me too with Hey Alma is that like, it's also not just about like, we we haven't all had the same experiences. We didn't all grow up the same way, especially in regards to our Judaism. And yeah, not everybody had my, you know, had Molly Palooza and and Dippin' Dots at their bat mitzvah. But like, we, there are connections among us just as Jews. And like, it's actually really, exciting to see where those meet and diverge 
and yeah, I think like it's the same feeling I get from just writing in general and like why I love writing and reading is like to, to read a book from somebody else's brain and they're explaining a feeling that you yourself have felt that you thought you were the only one to have ever felt that. And then somebody's like written down in words and it's like, what? Like this is like this is insane. And that's, you know, that's what compelled me to be a writer. And I feel like that is a huge driving part of like in my career as well is just helping people find those connections with each other I love that so much and it's it's that sort of not paradox is the right word but it's the sort of two things of sort of that feeling of being seen coming home feeling comfortable with wait a sec being Jewish isn't just one thing it sounds like from your yeah. childhood to where you are now you've learned through probably mainly your your work the luxury of what you do how diverse being Jewish is and I know that's one of the things you're known for Alma is showcasing and bringing to the forefront diverse Jewish voices is that was that something that you had a vision for when you started Alma that you wanted it to be super inclusive very diverse and show show how diverse being Jewish can be yeah or is rather not can be right (laughs) honestly I, I I wish I could take credit for like like yes like I always knew that's exactly like what my my goal was but like honestly I would I didn't realize how that's right diverse the Jewish community was like I grew up in a very specific type of Jewish community around other people who were very similar to me I didn't know really any Sephardic Jews or like very many Jews of color or Jewish converts or like I didn't you know I I really um that has been a huge learning opportunity for me and I think it just happened I'm so grateful that it happened kind of naturally with Hey Alma I think just because of the nature of like a community of young Jews like I think the younger generations are more diverse than than ever and so I you know I feel like yeah there was definitely a moment where I realized like oh like we have a real opportunity here to be a platform um, for these voices that aren't portrayed so much in the media or aren't really talked about so much in the organized Jewish world and that like we really need to give voice to all these different types of Jews so that we can really prove how how diverse we are. So yeah, I'd say like it, it happened naturally and now it's like a huge, like, you know, like it, it is an effort we make to always make sure that we are trying to be as inclusive as possible. And it comes down to little things, like even like the jokes we make on Instagram, like understanding like not everybody had a bat mitzvah or went to Jewish summer camp, like not everybody like had these same experiences. So making sure that we're like always trying to represent this yeah wider array of like backgrounds and experiences and I I feel like incredibly lucky to to have had my own eyes like opened to that and then to be able to help push the Jewish community forward in that way you you started it off because you you know people like us wanted to be seen feel comfortable with a with such a such an environment that didn't exist and it's like you've extended it to be beyond just being Jewish but being a black Jew being a queer yeah. Jew but you know to be seen in all those levels and it's it's wonderful and I bet challenging as well I can just only imagine the kind of backlash comments you get a lot sadly um within the Jewish mm-hmm. community I know that every time every single time I mean I've we posted on smashing the glass our Jewish wedding platform on our Instagram a brilliant wedding of two guys who had a unicorn they came down the aisle <laughs> on a horse with a unicorn oh and a big mug and David and it was so joyful you can't help but just smile and feel the love and I can't tell you how many unfollows and horrible comments uh. and you just 
the first few times happened, I was genuinely surprised, and now sadly, yeah, to expect it. So, yeah. how what, what what's your thoughts on all that? Were you were you surprised as well, or were you less naive than me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having having worked in the internet space now for over a decade, I definitely nothing surprises me mm. anymore as far as like the kinds of nasty comments you get and honestly I feel like if yeah if we post something celebrating queer Jews and somebody's like I'm unfollowing I feel like good like you yes, like, this absolutely. is not the community for you if that's how you feel and I feel like where you know I, I do feel lucky I mean for the most part I feel like the people who have kind of bought into Hey Alma are like the ones who who kind of get it and want to be there and are there because we post so much about like yes. queer Jews or yes. you know like be, being more inclusive and so, yeah, it's kind of like if people want to like self lead yeah. themselves yeah. out, that's yeah. that's fine because we're not, that's not that's not the kind of person we want in our community. We want to be as open as possible, but not to people who are going to be judging others or holding these like negative views. Um, so, what about judgment within the community itself? Let's say patrilineal Jews or com- you know, that there's yeah. a lot of people that think they know best, and that's you know, yeah. do, you, do you do you engage with that on your Instagram or your website, or do you just leave them be that's how they I are. mean I feel like super strongly about like like I feel like very protective over like patrilineal Jews and interfaith Jews and and people who yeah who maybe don't have the more traditional path to Judaism and I want to make sure that they feel comfortable in our community and so if people are making comments that they're not really Jewish like that is something we would be like no that's not that's not what we believe here and like I honestly the intra-Jewish community fighting is like what bums me out more than anything else like like as far as like what I've dealt with over the years um you know it obviously like anti-Semites are horrible and like they're just you know like that's a more like black and white like yes like you should not be anti-Semitic but like when it when it's these like when it comes from within our own Jewish community of judging other people as far as who is a Jew or who belongs here, like that just makes me so much more disappointed because we should be better than that. Um, and I feel like we are kind of constantly trying to reaffirm that that stance that like, no, like we do not judge other Jews based on how observant they are or who their you know parents are or like how they wound up being Jewish. Like that, like, that, yeah, that's something that um, I really, try to like make very clear comes from like a yeah comes from the from hey alma itself is like we don't like this is what we believe and like we um won't kind of tolerate that kind of and it is i do feel like for the most part amongst our generation you know 20s 30s 40s we are more feeling like that it tends to be i hope we're we're evolving you know ways of thinking and that yeah this is paving the way for deeper inclusivity as a whole within Judaism but as we all know two Jews three opinions yeah but we will we will we, we're doing our bit now we're gonna have to time is is flying here and I want to <laughs> get on some lighter topics so we're gonna end with some kind of this or that before we do sure. I want to just find out from you you know you obviously are lucky enough to see Jewish joy in all its beautiful forms with your job at uh, Hey Alma, your role. Tell me what sparks Jewish joy for you personally. What are your favorite ways to to honor Jewish culture, as it were? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great question, and I love I love focusing on the joy part. Yes, I mean for me, I feel like the humor is like way up there. Like <laughs> Jewish people being funny, joking about being Jewish, especially when it's not like the the same jokes people have been making for for decades but like fresh fresh Jewish humor you know 
And I think like for me, kind of going back, my main like inspiration here is just like also like Jews connecting with other Jews makes me really happy. Like finding those connections, um, especially for people who, yeah, who have maybe don't have a physical Jewish community around them or don't have Jewish family nearby, like making connections myself and, and seeing other people make those connections makes me happy. So that almost the sort of sense of purpose it's not the right way mm -hmm. to phrase it but you know what I mean like what you're doing at, at Alma it's you're, yeah. you're creating that for, for others and yeah yeah it. it's one of my favorite things we do on our Instagram is the Alma classifieds nothing brings me it. more joy than like when we get the success story of like I met my girlfriend through your Instagram account or like I, I just I love it yeah it's wonderful it's wonderful so we're gonna do a few quick fires and then I'm gonna get you to think about your favorite person that you'd want to be celebrating and cooped up uh spending shabbat with but um <laughs> first we'll do a few this, this or that buy or bake a challah bake i love to bake challah red wine white wine or grape juice for kiddush um well right now i'm pregnant so i guess grape juice but normally oh. red red wine <laughs> <laughs> your favorite yiddish word Ooh. um I like kepi. What does that mean? Head. Isn't that head? Like lay your kepi. Like oh. my, my mom. I, I hope that's correct. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, I've heard of it, but I, I can't on the, off the cuff remember what it means. Kepi. <laughs> love it. Um, favorite Jewish food? Do hot dogs count? I feel like uh, they're like gooey. Yeah, 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 they are. I'm obsessed with hot dogs. So that's my answer. Favorite Jewish holiday? Uh, that's hard. I think Russia. I think Russia Shana. I, I as far yeah I love Passover I love the Seder but I I I tend to feel very moved by Rosh Hashanah smashing the glass or a big horror <laughs> mm, I mean both both, <laughs> both were highlights of my own wedding although I I didn't personally smash the glass but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jerusalem or Tel Aviv um probably more of like a Tel Aviv kind of person though I haven't spent much time in either I've only only been on birthright so I need to go back to both and if you could celebrate Shabbat with just one person for those 24 25 hours who would it be <laughs> famous oh a famous Jewish celebrity dead or alive okay one person um I think I would go with one of my favorite writers of all time Grace Paley who was yeah an incredible short story writer and also activist and like labor rights very funny and I feel like she'd be full of like amazing one-liners and yeah yeah Grace Bailey oh well Molly it has been so fun talking to you I've, I've always wanted to know more about you know because it you it is a hugely success for for a, for a niche audience I I think you've had such enormous success I can't think of a, a sort of bigger impact really for our generation um site and platform and community and everything that goes in and it's so impressive I've always wanted to selfishly I've always wanted to, you to, <laughs> to get to know the backstory so uh, I'm one happy listener today and I hope um everyone who listens to the episode feels like they've got to know you a bit more the woman behind you know the, the, this incredible platform so thank you thank for coming you so on much. today thank you it was super fun chatting with you and thinking about these things it's always really fun to take a step back and like 
tell my whole life story and yeah <laughs> in chronological order, in chronological um, order. we'll have to have you back on next year for sort of part two and sure. um yeah we'll link to all the all the bits and pieces that we talked about in the episode all um, molly's links and and everything like that we'll link to in the show notes and if you want to join the conversation just tag us on instagram um with a little screenshot of the episode and and you can chat directly with us about anything you heard so thank you very much molly see you thank again you. soon yeah if this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at your Jewish life. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and be your Instagram friend. That'd be fun. And I'd also love you to subscribe and share the episode with anyone you know who might benefit from it. I'd love you to leave a review as well. All these ways make sure that more people get to listen to the podcast and get inspired to live their Jewish life their way and we can spread the Jewish joy. So that would be a lovely mitzvah if you wanted to leave a review or share this episode with a friend or subscribe. One more thing I wanted to tell you about just before I go today is I've got a really great handy checklist for you if you are trying to build a Jewish home or you've got a home and you want to make it more Jewish or you just want to feel more Jewish at home and it is a free checklist for everything you need in a modern Jewish home literally covering everything you need to set up your modern Jewish home if you've got a lot of these things it's just a great reminder there's links to everything you need as well so it's, it's really handy in that way too and there's checklists for Rosh Hashanah, Shabbat, Hanukkah, Passover and lots of minor Jewish holidays as well and all sorts of fun ideas for the items too so just head to yourjewishlife.co slash Jewish home if you want to grab that checklist. That's yourjewishlife.co, that's .co slash Jewish home, all one word. And the checklist is for you, whether you're Jewish, Jewish, or becoming Jewish. Let me know what you think. Drop me a line on Instagram and have a great day.